You're listening to The Moment, compelling conversations with amazing Canberra women, hosted by award-winning journalist Ginger Gorman. In 2008, sportswoman Shelley Watts injured herself so badly playing touch football, she wasn't even able to dress herself. Shelley thought she'd never play sport again, but she was wrong. Shelley is about to represent Australia in lightweight boxing at the Rio Olympics. Chatting to Ginger over coffee at Australian Institute of Sport, Shelley explains she was hoping to make history and bring home a gold medal. So I was always quite a sporty person, but I wasn't really excelling in anything, I guess. You know, I'd always played soccer, touch football and cricket at pretty high, like, state levels and was always competing at, like, national championships and stuff, but never really was able to take it to that next elite level. So I always just played soccer for a bit of fun on weekends and stuff like that. And I was at university studying a law degree. In 2008, I was captain coaching a soccer team there. And um, I had missed about maybe five games that year because I just had to go backwards and forwards to home and stuff like that. So we had an awards ceremony on the Friday night prior to our semi-final in 2008. And I actually was awarded the Football Far North Coast Female Player of the Year. And that was an amazing honour for me and something that I was quite surprised about because to win that, the referees had to pick their three two ones every single week. So considering I'd missed five matches, I thought there's no there's no hope. So but obviously, you know, in those in those other games that I was there, I'd shown them that I was good enough and, and they had given me threes in a lot of the games. So the next day when, when it was time for the semi-final, obviously being the captain coach, I needed to step up for my girls. But I also wanted to take that next little step further to be able to just show the rest of the the rest of the league I deserve that um, best female play, player of the whole entire league. And, you know, I wanted to give it a good crack. So on that Saturday, we were in, into the game about 20 minutes in and we were about halfway between the goals and the halfway line and the ball had come back to their sweeper, who's the defender that, that plays at the back. So if a ball comes back, she's the one that defends it, the last line of defence pretty much, just like a fullback if you're playing football. And she overstepped the ball and I thought to myself, here we go. If I can get that ball and I can turn, it's just me versus the keeper. Take it a couple more steps and I'm just going to have this crack at, crack at the goal. So I've gotten the ball and I've gone to take a step and at the same time she's ripped my jersey and she's pulled my body one way when my body was going the other and the result was a massive snap and this sound that was just like it's like a ruler snapping for example. If you had a wooden ruler and you snapped it, that's exactly the sound that I heard and I knew straight away that something wasn't good in my knee. Uh, I dropped straight to the ground and... You know, the whole entire team, straight away, they freaked out because I was a pretty important part of our, of our team and they were angry. Was there pain there in your knee? Oh, there was so much pain in my knee straight away. I remember feeling it and thinking, like, oh, my God, like, with the sound. The sound hit me more than the pain did at, at first um, because it was, like I said, it was a horrendous sound. But then once, obviously, I'm on the ground and it's starting to cool down a little bit, it was starting to get more painful and more painful and more painful. But I guess at the time, still running on adrenaline, that pain hadn't really kicked in as much as the sound of the snap had. But the girls, the rest of my teammates, were pretty angry because they knew that that injury had come from the chick being pretty dirty, ripping my jersey and pulling me one way while my body was going the other. But knowing that I had to step up for them, I, I, was, I stood up and I walked over to the girl that tackled me like that and I shook her hand and I just said to her, you know, no hard feelings. And it was a way that I could get the girls to settle down and focus because they still had a job to do, you know. We still had to win that semi-final to make it into the finals. So... I was actually able to walk off the field. And so I thought to myself, well, maybe it's not too bad because I can still walk. So it must, like, it mustn't be too bad. It's just all right. So 
while I was sitting, I sat on the on the sideline for the rest of the game, just um, had it iced and had it taped. And like I said, as I started to slow, like cool down a little bit, it started to start hurting pretty badly. You know, it was getting pretty painful. So I just had to compress it and then go to the doctor on the Monday morning. I was actually able to still drive myself home. But is some of that adrenaline, you know, when you're already in the game, you're in the middle of it and perhaps you don't realise till later that it's as bad as it is? 100%. I think that... Um, knowing the adrenaline I had pumping through my body and also just knowing that, you know, what that game was meaning and how monumental it was, I don't think that my body was feeling that pain. It was just kind of shutting it out. So it was definitely something that I think I was telling myself because I wasn't feeling that much pain, yeah, it's going to be okay. It's not going to be that bad. It's going to be all right. And then when I was able to drive myself home, I thought to myself, oh, it can't be that bad. Maybe I've just kind of tweaked one of the muscles. But in the back of my mind, I knew that that sound probably wasn't a good thing. And as someone who perhaps aspires to a career being an elite athlete I can imagine a sound like that you almost see everything flashing before your eyes yeah yeah definitely it was a bit hard at the time really to like thinking back about it it was hard to really think what's going on and what the problem is because there were so many mixed emotions going through like the pain was not that bad I guess because of the adrenaline and stuff like that and being able to walk and drive a car and stuff I was thinking can't be that bad but the the sound um, and knowing that sound, it was like it still like kind of freaks me out a little bit today. I was thinking, you know, what's the go? So I was, it was a very mixed, lot of feelings that that I was getting or, or signals that I was getting. So when I went to the doctor, um, I had an MRI done, and they told me that, but I'd torn my right anterior cruciate ligament, so your ACL, and so your ACL is probably between five and six millimeters thick, so it's quite thin. And I'd snapped it to be within two to three millimetres torn. So it was just hanging on. So I was put on crutches straight away and they said, look, we need you to stay on crutches for a full three months, which is a pretty decent amount of time, you know, 12 weeks. And in that time, what we need you to do is we need you to strengthen up all the muscles around your knee because it's not completely snapped. There's not a lot we can do other than strengthen the muscles around your knee because your structural stability of your knee is based on the muscles around it. So three months I was I was on crutches for and then they were like right we want you to do another three months of, of strengthening be on the bike do as much bike as you possibly can do a lot of leg weights and stuff like that and really strengthen your quads up and strengthen all the muscles around I'm not really good at following instructions sometimes when I feel like I'm better but I'm not so I actually started playing touch football again one month after not three you know I was on the bike and I was in the gym and I was doing some training and, and some rehab and I felt good and so I tested it out in a game of touch football and I actually got through the, the game okay. You know, I made a little bit, a few, a few adjustments for myself. Like I was pretty good at touch football at the time and I'd made a break but didn't fully sprint, you know, kind of let people catch up to me because I didn't want to overdo it, uh, knowing it was my first game back. But after I'd had that first game back, I thought, you beauty, you know, like I've healed quickly. I'm going to be able to get back into this quicker. So the following week I played again and I remember I was stopped dead about five metres out from the try line and we were flogging this team. It was just a local comp back at my hometown of, um, of Loriton, which is near Port Macquarie, New South Wales. And we were flogging this team and we decided that we had this goal of getting every single one of our girls to score. And so having been stopped dead five metres out from the try line, I went to step off my right leg to then dummy back to my left and then go back right and snap. It was probably five times louder than the first initial snap that I'd heard playing soccer my teammates I was so like I said I was about five meters from the try line at the time and they could hear it on the sideline at the halfway line and I just remember screaming 
a lot of obscenities. So I was just swearing, screaming, and I just dropped down to the ground. And I knew straight away that that one month was not long enough and my ACL had snapped in half. Shelley, I'm actually feeling ill listening to you describing the noise, but then also the pain and also knowing yeah. how big your aspirations were. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking. I still remember, like, I, like as I'm, I'm explaining it to you, I can still vividly remember it. And I remember my, like, us having to stop the game and my dad having to drive his car onto the pitch to come pick me up because this time around I couldn't walk on it because um, there was just nothing left. Like, my leg was kind of semi-dangling, I guess, because your ACL and your PCL hang together to keep, like, the lower half of your leg attached to the top half. So when it wasn't there, it was feeling like it was pretty fluidy. And what did you think, like, when you were lying there on the ground? Well, I was just thinking, you know, you're an idiot. You've come back one month early. Oh, sorry, two months early, you know. You, you, you should have done what the doctor said, but stupidly I thought, that I knew more than doctors, which obviously you never do. You know, they, they do their university like time at, time at uni for a reason. <laughs> you know, obviously I tried not to think too much about like obviously it being the end of any sporting and stuff like that. I, you know, I had to wait until we went to the hospital and, and found out. So my dad took me to the hospital and I was in so much pain the entire ride, the whole entire like time we were going over to the hospital, which is about half an hour away. I just remember thinking like, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. Obviously, it wasn't the end of your sporting career because we're sitting here at the Australian Institute of Sport. So what happened, Shelley? So I had to have a knee reconstruction and that's where they just have to take out the broken ligament and replace it with a new one. So they chose to take out my patella, the third of my patella tendon um, and replace it. So about six months after that, because I couldn't afford going into private health, I, I waited on the, on the public list and, and got in about six months later. I had the full knee reconstruction and I was put in a full leg brace. So rather than it being one of those ones where you can bend your leg, mine was actually straight, straight-legged. So I had the operation, was only in overnight. was actually clever enough to tear my hamstring while I was in bed in the hospital. So to double up with the, the ACL reconstruction, I um, had a torn hemi as well. Um, I was lift, trying to lift myself up to go to the toilet in one of those amazing bedpans, you know, those really cool things that you get to use in a, in a hospital and I actually tore my hamstring so I had double pain to deal with and then my dad took like brought me back down home to Loriton um, and I remember sitting on my on my bed trying to put my own clothes on um, trying to bend down around this brace to put my undies on and then and there I thought to myself you're never going to get back on a sporting field because I couldn't even dress myself so you know I'd gone from being someone who was at university studying a law degree playing sport at pretty high levels uh, to not even being able to dress myself and my mum having to come back in and after a shower having to dress me again and I remember sitting there at that time thinking you know this is it get get used to your life being no sport which is like I said I've always been always been a sporty girl so that was pretty hard to have to deal with and I think because of me thinking like that, I was a little bit lazy with my rehab. So your rehab was supposed to start the day after you have the reconstruction, just with little tiny movements just to keep the blood throwing, f- flowing sorry, through your muscles. But I just couldn't find the energy to want to do it, you know. It was just, it was boring, it was repetitious. It was, it was not what my body was used to, like, going through. I was used to going through, like, harder stuff. So when I was sitting there doing that, I just kind of thought to myself, like, you can't be bothered which obviously isn't the mentality you should have and it's definitely not the mentality I have now anymore having been lucky enough to get to the elite level. But back then I thought to myself, you know, have to find something else to do because you're not going to be doing sport anymore. Something happened in 2010 which in retrospect is kind of miraculous. What was that? 
Yeah, so I'd been doing rehab for about 12, 12 months, getting myself back, and the same sort of thing, you know, trying to increase the muscles around my knee and uh, getting it strong again. I was back to running and stuff like that and everything, and um, I needed to start getting a bit, bit fitter. Uh, I had a friend at the time who was starting boxing, but she was actually starting to box, not just do things like box fit. But she said to me, maybe you should just grab yourself some gloves and, and just practice getting fit just with your arms, your upper body type thing. So sitting on balls or sitting on a bench and doing some punching into pads and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, well, that's a good idea. You know, it's something different and it'll something that I can kind of keep the weight off my legs, but still be getting fit again. So then when I'm, it's time to get back into sport, I can do that. And, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. All boxers, if you speak to them, they say it doesn't, it's not a sport, it becomes a lifestyle. And you're hooked pretty much from the second that you start throwing those those gloves into the mitts and um why though what was hooking you what was it about throwing the punches I think the determination it takes to get it right when you start throwing punches and you feel very unco doing it because let's be real everybody feels unco throwing a punch unless you're taught how to do it correctly you know I always strive for for pretty high things so I kind of knew that I would want to get a little bit better at it not just let my hands go and throw them so you know, I think the commitment and the determination to want to get better at something that I think I've always had is what drove me to want to do a little bit better. And I mean, within four years, you'd won this medal, gold medal at the Commonwealth Games, which had never been done before by someone, well, by a female, but also in your weight. It's incredible to go from that terrible moment you're describing to that, Shelley. Yeah. When I, like, when you say that, you know, you know it kind of, it hits me a little bit more. I guess because this is the journey that I'm on and, and this is what what's become my lifestyle, I don't think about it too much. But it, it, it was a pretty quick progression. But I think because I always had that sporty background and I've got this grit and determination and, and mental strength, it kind of, it doesn't surprise me. Did the fact you'd been so low and so injured and, you know, unable to dress yourself somehow push you harder? 100% definitely whenever I'm doing any talks to people or I speak to them about about my story you know the first thing that I say to them is that a setback is just an opportunity for an even better comeback and I think that sometimes you have to hit rock bottom for you to realize that the only way is up and when I hit something like that I guess like I said to you when I was sitting on that bed and I couldn't dress myself I thought to myself my sporting career is over so that thought and that moment drives me to push myself to the, to the elite level, you know, to make sure that I'm the best I can be, which it's definitely one of the main motivations that I have. Have you got that fear, though, in the back of your head that your injury might come back to haunt you at some point? No, because I look after it the right way, yeah. If I decided, you know, that I wanted to step back onto the, the soccer pitch, that might be something that might worry me. But boxing, it's very leg dominant. So the thing is, is that I started it thinking that it was just upper body, but it's actually like very leg dominant. But I'd take precautions now with my knee just to make sure that I'm not going to ever have that issue. So when I'm in the boxing ring, I never, ever concern myself with my with my knee. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Something absolutely massive has just happened for you, which is you've just been announced as part of the Rio team that's going to the Olympics, which it's kind of an, a massive thing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's only the second time that female boxing has been allowed in the Olympic Games. You know, that's special enough as it is. I'll only be the second female in history to go to an Olympic Games for boxing. And I think that's really, really special. And, you know, after the Commonwealth Games achievements, my mind is set on that gold medal because I want to be the first female to bring back a gold medal too, you know. We haven't had any medal that's been a gold one in history. So I'd love to create that 
and I'd also love to be the first female to do it too because, you know, any chance that I can get to push us females, the better. You've been listening to The Moment, compelling conversations with amazing Canberra women, hosted by award-winning journalist Ginger Gorman. Today, Ginger has been talking to lightweight boxer and soon-to-be Olympian Shelley Watts. Don't forget, if you want to nominate someone for our podcast, go to hercanberra.com.au.